You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I'm your host. I'm also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Today, we're going to talk even more about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and their upcoming matchup with Boston College this weekend. To start things off, I have Dan Rubin back. He had so much fun last weekend. Uh, last week, we decided to have him back again. Dan, how's it going? Hey, man, this was a great time last week. Thanks for, thanks for bringing me back in for another go around. Of course. So it's been two rivalry games in a row. Uh, this, you know, Syracuse is always fun. It's an old, you know, Big East rivalry. Notre Dame has this special feeling to it. And you can just find a BC fan and, you know, to ask them what they, what they think of Notre Dame. And Notre Dame fans, they don't care at all about BC. But, Dan, what, what are you thinking about this weekend's matchup? And what do you think about the rivalry in general? Matchup wise, I think this is gonna. They're getting uh, BC is getting into a game against a very, very good team. Um, uh, there's no way around that. Where this is gonna be a game that you have to bring your very best for a chance to win. It's not one of those you 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 bring your very best and you're gonna win. It's for a chance to win because this Notre Dame team is really that good. And and if you can get that chance, you have to seize that chance and execute on it. There's there can be no let up. There cannot be a let up. Uh, however you want to phrase it, it's just it's. It's one of those. It's one of those games that you have to you have to make sure to have your best. In terms of rivalry, I think that's great for us. Like off the off the field, off the uh, off field discussion, away from the field. It's it's one of the magical times. I wish these teams would play every year. Um, these games are you know this is it. This is the holy war. This is Syracuse is the long rival. It's the it's the one that makes the most sense in the ACC, but. When you strap up Boston College, Notre Dame, it is there's nothing like it, and and I'm just so happy that when Notre Dame was able to join the ACC for the season, that the ACC ensured that the rivalry would would happen, the Holy War game would happen, and for BC to make it the Red Bandana game, it's instantly one of those games that you just want to watch. Yeah, there's so many interesting storylines heading into this week, whether it's the BC and Notre Dame history. Uh, you, you're looking at Phil Dracovic versus Ian Book. You have the Red Bandana game. Uh, Dan, what, what, what excites you the most? Is it just the rivalry or is there a specific part of this game that you're just like, oh, I cannot wait to see what this looks like on Saturday? I think anytime I see Notre Dame on the schedule, I get I get hyped up for it. Uh, I mean, growing up here, I mean, it was Notre Dame everything, and and I say that as a Boston College fan. I, I went to went to a Catholic high school with a bunch of guys that love Notre Dame. We grew up in the '80s and '90s when Notre Dame was still very good. I still get text messages from guys when Notre Dame is very good, and 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 that's to be expected. Even though Notre Dame is not quote unquote a home team to Massachusetts, anytime you have an Irish Catholic deep rooted culture. It's going to be there. People are going to be naturally drawn to that team. So anytime you get the opportunity to, to have those two, it's a sibling rivalry. It is your intercity rivalry. I mean, that, that, that is the, the case, even though, like I said, Notre Dame is, is a couple of hours from Chicago and Indiana and, and South Bend, Indiana. It's uh, it's not a, it, they're, they're a national brand. And, and the way that the rivalry has swung through the years wins for BC wins for Notre Dame, the, the winning streak and the, and the winning streak for Notre Dame. This is, in effect, if BC, whichever team breaks that streak, if it's this year, which I hope it's this year, 
uh, you know, it's going to be a moment and it's going to be a moment celebrated in, in a long three decade history, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say, you know, as we talked last week, we're going to jump into journalist reporter talk again here. Um, I, I jumped into this week and I didn't ex- know how to expect how Jeff Halfley and Phil Dracovic would take, you know, the, the lead up to this game. I should have known how Jeff Halfley would have. Um, it's been, you know, he treats it just like every other game. But what surprised me today was when, when the reporters, when we talked to Phil Dracovic, he was just like Halfley. He was just like, you know, I got some friends on the team. I'm looking forward to playing my friends. Uh, it, it's not like any different than any other team other than I got my friends on the team. How do you think he really feels deep down? Do you, do you have a guess or, or uh, you, you got to think that Phil's feeling a little bit more than that, right? I think anytime he wants to think about it, he's going to stop himself and say, like, I got to focus on the game. And, and I say that from a sense of when they're in the film room and you can't like, like I, I wanted, I baited him. I baited Jeff Halfley this week. And I said, this is Notre Dame. This is the Notre Dame rivalry. How, how do you approach this? What's your memories of it? Like, uh, you know, this is a little different than when he was growing up in New Jersey and Syracuse was everywhere in the city. And, and he said, no, it's, it's another game. It's a very good football team. And, and maybe if BC wins, we'll, we'll hear about it after the fact, but in your preparation, you got to zone out all that noise. And, and I respect the fact that they're zoning it all out in favor of, you know, looking at it and saying, look, if we get caught up in the noise of Notre Dame or look, it's Ian book and look, it's Brian Kelly on the other sideline. And Phil was there last year or anything like that then they're doing themselves a disservice to, to not be preparing for a team that is number two in the country. And, and, you know, that was something that they talked about with Clemson where you can't play intimidated by the, the Notre Dame mystique is going to get you seven to 14 points down. If you're too worried about it, the same way the Clemson mystique puts two touchdowns up. If you play without that mystique and you just look at them as a, just a very good football team, that's a different story. After the game, if BC wins, Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get a different story, but I mean, if you get wrapped up in it and 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 then you lose and you lose by fifty points, um, you know that's that's a different story. Yeah, you brought up a great point. I thought the same thing. Like, if that's the mindset that they're going to use, and it clearly worked against Clemson because they hung in there for for four quarters with them. Um, you know, if they can continue to just treat this like every other game, that's advantageous for everybody because that'll prevent you know them from you know, running into traps or, you know, getting too far ahead of themselves and making stupid penalties and things like that. Now, Dan, before I let you go, you you've, have followed this team. You've, you know, you had season tickets for a while. What is your favorite BC Notre Dame memory? Ooh, that's a tough <laughs> one. It's a tough one. Now, Cause the funny thing is, is that my favorite memories didn't actually happen at home. Um, I, I, all right. I'm going to, I'm going to dial this back for a sec. 2002, my brother lived in Providence, and I remember going to his house or his apartment, and I remember BC was playing Notre Dame, and I had not watched the first half of the game. I think we went to a Brown game that day, and like, because BC was on the road, and we were like, all right, you know, I wanted, it was 2002, I wanted to go spend time with my brother. I was like, maybe I'll I'll come back, and and I'll catch the end of it, and BC's going to get smoked anyway, because you know, Notre Dame's number four in the country. And then it came back. I remember putting on the TV and I remember running through his apartment because they were winning and they won and it was amazing. And, and that was, uh, that was out at Notre Dame stadium. I think personal memory at home, I'm going to go, I can't remember. I want to say it was 2001 
and Notre Dame had a fourth down and didn't convert. And it was at night at alumni stadium and the place just went absolutely nuts. Um, the, the, I, I'll never forget. It was a one score game. And like I said, I think it was 2001 could have been 2003 and the whole place just erupted. I remember WEEI was doing a pregame show outside the stadium back then. Um, you know, they, they was, it was, it all was great. And that was just, uh, you know, that was, I remember getting the shirt. It was, it said, this is more than a game. It's ND and it had the fight eagle on it. And, and that I think is the, uh, is the one game that when you look back, you're like, yeah, yeah, this is more than a game. This is ND unless you're, you know, in the locker room and you're saying, no, this is a game against a very good football team. Exactly. All right, Dan Rubin, thank you for joining me again. Uh, this weekend, BC plays Notre Dame. 3.30 on ABC. Dan, where can people find you online? Uh, on Twitter at BC Dan Rubin, of course, at bceagles.com uh, for all the great stuff that we have going on. And, and especially this week, uh, be sure to tune in and check out some history on the Holy War and uh, also on the Red Bandana game. Always a good opportunity to honor Wells's name and, and his memory. And, and I don't want, and, and I know I, I've, I've got to get going, but I just want to point out, you know, all the, all the stuff that's going on this week. The most important thing is that we are, still uh, honoring the memory of Wells Crowther 19 years after 9-11 and, and what is now, I think, the sixth or seventh um, red bandana game. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, later on in the episode, we're going to talk to Dave Wedge about Wells Crowther and we're talking about Tim about yeah. the 80s and a lot of the different people that he's talked to that have been the heroes of Boston College and we talk about Wells. So, cool. Uh, Dan, thank you for stopping by um, and we'll, we'll chat again soon, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. All righty, you know, there's a lot of sports coming up this weekend, and if you're watching and you're going to need that moment to chill. Right now, I could use a moment to chill. It's been a stressful day at the, at the Black household. Uh, when I do, I reach for an ice Coors Coors Light. It's literally made to chill. There's only one beer out there that is made to chill, and that is Coors Light. Even if your team isn't playing, just cracking a nice cold Coors Light can be that moment for you. It's cold. It's refreshing. And it's everything you need. It's a cold lager, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and as refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. So when I'm watching a BC football game or if I'm checking out, you know, Clemson losing to Notre Dame, I love to have a nice up cold Coors Light. Um, talk, uh, Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Please celebrate responsibly. This is AJ Black here to talk to you about Built Go. If you were like me, you have those moments that you just feel like you're hitting a wall. It's that feeling where you just cannot get the energy going to make it through the end of the day. For me, that's around two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And it just feels to me like my brain is like a, you know, a hunk of ice and I can't think clearly anymore. And I'm just exhausted. And what I want to tell you about is built go. Built Go is perfect for those moments because it gives you natural energy without the caffeine crash that you get from an energy drink or from a coffee. Built Go is perfect too because you can throw a pack of them in your bag or your suitcase or your golf bag and it'll give you the power to get through your day. It's a five-hour energy without that crash feeling. And the best part about Built Go, it comes in delicious flavors. For me, I love the chocolate coconut 
But there's, they have two other great flavors, like peanut butter honey and chocolate uh, mint. It is it works well because it's such it work you know it has the collagen protein that it's a fast absorbing into your system and it it's easy on your stomach. You know, coffee can be acidic. If you're like me, you need something a little easier, and that gives you everything you need. Now, Built Go, they're giving you a great deal. You can use our promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, go to BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. With me, I have Dave Wedge. He's the author of Pete Freights, uh, the Ice Bucket Challenge, Pete Freights, and the Fight Against ALS, and also Boston Strong, a city's triumph over tragedy. tragedy. Dave Wedge, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, AJ. So Dave is a BC grad, class of 93, correct? That's right, yeah. Do you miss being a, a, a BC uh, student by one year for that great game, huh? It's funny. Uh, so my, my story with that is I went to the game the year before um, mm-hmm. when they got, they got smoked. Um, that was the fake punt we, game, wasn't it? What's that? I think that was the game Lou Holtz did the fake punt, right? Uh, I, I believe so. It was J- Jerome Bettis, I believe, was just ran ran wild over the pat over the pats over BC. Yep. He later ran wild over the pats, but um, <laughs> yep. yeah, no, it's uh, me and me and a bunch of guys from the mods jumped in a Winnebago and went out there and stayed in Chicago for the weekend. Went to the game. BC got crushed. So that next year, you know, as an alum, it was awesome to see him kind of get revenge in that incredible '94 game. Yeah, you know. Uh, you talk to any BC fan. So I, I graduated in 06. I was there. Um, I was there. My I met my wife at BC and she was a, she was a couple years. Uh, she's class of 05. And we were in Walsh in 2002 when BC went to Notre Dame and again beat them. And I remember sitting in her, her dorm room as fans stormed down the, the um, down the street with goalposts from alumni stadium. So, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so there's always these great moments, but it hasn't happened in a while. You know, BC has yeah. lost six in a row uh, to Notre Dame, and many of these games haven't been all that close. Yeah. You know, as a fan and as an alumni, what are your feelings about this year's game? Are you feeling hopeful, or where, where you're at with that you, game? You know, I, I, I feel like if this was, uh, you know, two or three years ago, I would not be hopeful at all. I would feel like, you know, BC's MO kind of the last, you know, 10 years has been – you know, get close to the to the finish line and then, you know, stumble right before you cross it, you know. And, yep. um, you know, we kind of did see that with the Clemson game this year. You know, uh, you know they, they that was a winnable game. Yep. Um, you know, and I think this will be a similar game where I think BC can absolutely win the game. I mean, this, you know, Jerkovic has every reason to play his best game, you know, obviously. Um, and I, I, I love the coach. I love the attitude. I love the defense. They got some skilled players. Um, you know, Flowers obviously is lighting it up, and the tight end, uh, what's Hunter Long? Is yep. that yeah? He's yep. he's he's one of the best tight ends in the country. You know, so they're they're really playing pretty well, and I and I, I think it is a winnable game. Uh, now, do you have any? You know, you're a fan. Are you, are you doing anything special for a game like this, or gonna stay oh, at yeah. home? What are you gonna do? Oh, yeah, Tell us a little cool. bit about your. Yeah, so, uh, you know, my, my actually my buddies from uh, the mods will be coming over, a couple of them. We still get together. We all have kids now, so, you know, the kids will – one of my buddies will bring his kids over, and the kids will run around. We'll watch the game. It's nice that it's going to be a 3.30 game, yep. and it's, uh, 
you know, hopefully the weather will be nice. We can, I'm going to set up the TV outside, fire up the grill and, you know, hopefully watch BC pull off an upset, you know, and we'll be, we'll be switching back and forth with the uh, horse races. Cause it'll be, we're big horse race guys. So. Oh yeah. Absolutely. What, what races this weekend? Uh, I'm not, I think, uh, it was Breeders' Cup last weekend, but I think Gulf Stream's running this weekend. I think um, Churchill Downs, I believe, is running. So cool. there's always big it's, – it's always a good weekend after the Breeders' Cup. So yeah, It's a big weekend for sports. I know in terms Absolutely. of football, it seems like half of the SEC is canceled already for this weekend because there's been such a, a spike in COVID. But on top of football, it's Augusta. You know, it's Masters weekend. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot of fans looking at that. Now you've written some books that are um, very BC centric. So let's, I'd love yeah. to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, so you wrote about a book about Pete Fraze. Can you talk a little bit about, did you get to talk, like talk to the Fraze family? Uh, how, did, how did that, how did that come to be? So case my, my co-author and I, Casey Sherman, uh, we, we did a book called Boston strong and, and that was the marathon bombings that ended up becoming um, the movie Patriots day. So, yep. After that whole experience, you know, we were kind of thinking about what we were going to do for our next book. And um, the Frady's family got in touch with Casey. And, um, you know, I, 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 my daughter did the Ice Bucket Challenge, but I didn't know a lot about the story. I didn't know anything at all, really, about ALS, except that it was Lou Gehrig's disease. And, you know, I saw Pride of the Yankees when I was a little kid and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went and met with the family. And um, I actually, when we went there, I didn't know they were a BC family until I actually got to their house and I saw the BC stuff. Everyone I was like, all right, this might work. And yep. um, you know that, how that connection goes. And um, they instantly took a liking to me and Casey and there was a connection there with the BC stuff. And um, we ended up doing that book. And, you know, we're very lucky because when we wrote that book, Pete was still able to communicate. Mm-hmm. So if you read that book, there's actually some quotes in the book f- from Pete. He actually yep. told us a few stories and, explained a few things to us. Um, but during the process of writing the book, he, you know, eventually lost that ability and, and, yep. you know, he died last year. So it was quite a roller coaster. but it is a great BC story. Um, I mean, this is a kid that, you know, forget about, um, you know, ALS, you know, it's not a sad story, but a kid who gets sick and dies. It's, it's a, it's a story of innovation. It's a story about a BC kid who changed the world. And, yep. you know, if Pete didn't get ALS, he would have done something else incredible, I'm sure. But, um, you know, the way the family tells it is they believe he was chosen for this fight. And what he did was he showed the world how you can really attack uh, a cause through viral philanthropy, which had yep. never really been done to the level that he did. And to this day, it's still the largest uh, online fundraising effort in history. It's, you know, $250 million. And you're, see, and you're starting to see the results from that, too. Absolutely. You, yeah. you hear new, more news stories day in, uh, about therapies and gene th- uh, therapies and everything coming out that, you know, his work and that viral therapy, you know, that viral work that he did, it's, it's starting to pay dividends. And it's unfortunate that he's not going to see it, but his legacy is going to live on with that. No, absolutely. And, you know, the, the family always likes to say that, you know, it's Lou Gehrig's disease, but it's going to be Pete Frady's cure. And I believe that'll be true. If they find a cure someday, I think they will trace it back to this incredible infusion of cash. Unfortunately, yep. as we all know, the way the medical system works in this country, the doctors go where the money is and uh, they have to get paid. You know, these yep. guys spend a lot of money on school. So that's why the research money is so big. They set up these foundations and they pay these doctors the biggest money they can and they try to crack these codes. And, and, and uh, I, I hope it happens. Um, I think that every BC alum, uh, should be really proud of, of Pete Frady's and, and, you know, he, they're opening the new Pete Frady's uh, center at, at, on campus, the athletic facility. And I, I truly believe that, um, 
you know, when all said and done, he's, you know, one of the greatest alumni to ever come out of the school, right up, you know, Doug Flutie and, well, you know, all the, all the Matt Ryan, all the athletes, but Pete Frades has done things for the world that no, no one else really from BC has ever done. Yep. And your other book about uh, the Boston bombings, they were Patrick and Jessica who are uh, BC grads. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they were uh, victims of the bombings as well. They lost their, uh, they lost limbs because of that. Yeah, you were able to sit on a panel with them. Can you talk a little bit about that experience too, Dave? Yeah, so, you know, Patrick and Jessica, when we were writing the book, we had heard about their story about this, you know, BC couple that had both lost limbs. And, um, you know, we we had been at some events with them over the over the years and, and stuff like that while the whole thing was going on. And they actually were part of the, the film with Patriots Day. They, um, they worked on it with our director, Pete Berg. And, you know, there's two characters in, in the movie that... Um, that are, you know, Patrick and Jessica. And the woman who plays uh, Jessica in the movie is, is actually, um, it's, uh, her name is escaping me right now, but it's, it's the woman who was the fabulous, uh, the marvelous Miss, Mrs. Maisel. Oh that, yeah. That's, that's the girl who it is. And, and she, she did a phenomenal job in, in Patriot's Day and she's obviously great in Mrs. Maisel. But yeah, I, I came over to campus. Um, they had a, actually, they had a BC uh, marathon um, panel and I was on it with Patrick and Jessica, and there was another uh, alumni that, that survived. And then it was moderated by Paula Eben from WBZ uh, Channel 4, who's a BC alum too. So it was kind of, you know, the marathon, again, is, has such a connection to BC. You know, heart, we're right at the top of Heartbreak Hill. Um, and I, every year for the marathon, when I was at BC, we would go out and watch that race and have a, you know, have a party and have a great time. And um, so I think there's a real connection there with BC. Great. And so we're going to wrap this up. Um, we're talking about inspirational people. You, you talk about uh, Patrick and Jessica. You talk about Pete Frades. This weekend's game, it's the red bandana game with Wells Crowther. Um, I like to ask my guests, and I'm going to guess I know where you're going to go with this. I want to get a prediction from you. It's the red bandana game, Boston College and Notre Dame. Dave Wedge, I'm going to put you on the spot. What are you picking for this weekend? Oh, well, first of all, Wells Crowther, another great BC alum, and I've been involved in some stuff with that story as well. Yep. Um, such an inspiration. But I think uh, I'm going to go with BC 23-21. Oh, wow. Okay, defense is going to show up. All right, so Dave Wedge, uh, where can people find you online? Um, if you have anything you would like to uh, promote, please, please, this is the time to do it. Sure, yeah. I mean, we'll, our, our production company is fortpointmedia.com, and that's where we put up all the information about our latest projects. Um, but if people want to hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, they can find me. It's uh, my Instagram is at David M. Wedge. Dave Wedge, thank you for being here. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon, okay? Thanks a lot, AJ. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. With me, I have Joe DeLeon of Locked On Irish. Joe, how you doing? I'm doing great. I am super excited for this weekend. I know last weekend was the, you know, the big uh, top five matchup, but I think that this one is just as exciting because of the rivalry. So I'm super pumped. So you, you, you must fall in uh, one of the camps because when I talk to some Notre Dame people, especially Notre Dame fans, the name that I hear when they, when they mention BC is Fredo, the, as in from the Godfather, <laughs> where the, 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 the little stepbrother that doesn't do much. So you're ex actually excited about this, this rivalry. Yeah, I mean, growing up, this is a game that I've always always been excited about. This has always been a reoccurring game. I can kind of get that that metaphor, but this is still a big matchup. When either team has been good, they've still come to fight. It doesn't matter if if one team's down and one team's much better than the other. But this is a this is a great matchup because BC's doing so well this year. So I 
I, th- I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, and, you know, there's so many great storylines going into this game. We've talked about it a lot on Lockdown Boston College. You have Ian Book versus Phil Dracovic. So you have the master and the, the, master and the pupil. You have um, the Red Bandana game. You have BC against Notre Dame the week after a big number one win. So, you know, BC fans, you don't have to say that because you know, we know exactly what that means. <laughs> you look back to 1993 and David Gordon, Right. Every BC fan knows that story. Now, however, Notre Dame, I think, has won six in a row against the Eagles. And for most of them, they haven't really been all that close. Um, talk about – let's look at – I, I want to talk about two things today. I want to look at Notre Dame's offense, specifically Ian Book. Mm-hmm. And I want to look at the defense because the defense, for me, is what stands out because I've, I've watched a lot of Notre Dame games. And the, the play of specific players has really kind of jumped up. So talk a little bit about Ian Book. You know, at, you know, at the beginning of the year, it sounded like a lot of Irish fans were like, oh, man, we let the long quarterback go. But when I watched him against Clemson, I saw exactly why you kept Ian Book. Talk about what he brings to the Irish offense. Yeah, Ryan was definitely one of those, one of those fans that was very upset that Phil, Phil Dracovic is, is now gone when he could have been the starting quarterback. But you, talk, you brought up already what made, makes Ian Book so impactful and it's it's been his ability to step up to the occasion and not get rattled by various things happening in games I like to point to the play against Clemson where he had about seven yards to score a touchdown and as he was running the ball gets knocked out ends up being a fumble recovered by Clemson ends up being a touchback now most quarterbacks at the college level will see them crumble under that type of that type of pressure and sometimes get inside their own head, but he stepped up. He put that behind him. His team rallied around him. He talked about after the game, how his teammates came up to him and said like, Hey, you're a quarterback. You're going to lead us to a win. And he did exactly that. When everything was stacked up against him, he was able to perform higher than those expectations. So physically he's not the same type of quarterback as Dracovic. Um, I mentioned when you came on my show that Dracovic could possibly be a highly drafted quarterback. Ian Book is not even anywhere near the same level of conversation because of his physical limitations. But what you have between his, between his ears and in his helmet, that mentality, that leadership, that is what is helping excel this team. So, yeah, you know, that's interesting because, like, it, it, exactly, when, when you watched him against Clemson, when I, what I saw was a leader, right? And those are, those are their intangibles that you can't measure, and they probably won't translate to becoming an NFL quarterback, but it's going to win you a hell of a lot of games for Notre Dame. You know what right. I mean? So Ian Book is one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. The defense. Let's talk about that defense because I've been impressed with just the, the you know, and Jeff Halfley's talked about it, just the, the te- technical play of them, that they're a very sound defense. And one player in particular, and I'm going to, totally botch his name up and i apologize you want me to say it for you (laughs) jeremiah awusa karamoa right my oh you were really close you were really close it's jeremiah awusu koromoa that's the best i've heard (laughs) yeah he was a wrecking ball against clemson talk about what he brings to that defense yeah he's a converted safety move to linebacker and he fits the mold of not only what a lot of college coaches want but what a lot of nfl coaches want with a linebacker. He's like a mini version of Isaiah Simmons and maybe like a bigger version of Jabril Peppers. He's not that heavy. He's around six foot one, but they're able to use and use him and move him around. He plays that Rover position, 
which means he could be near the line of scrimmage. He could be playing in the box. He could be covering a tight end, a, a cornerback. And that's a guy that you need facing off against BC because Hunter Long is a tremendous athlete. He's a great tight end. You then can bring in a linebacker who's fast enough and athletic enough to stay close with Hunter Long and maybe contest some of those catches, break up the, the play at the catch point. Koromoa, Owusu Koromoa, though, it just he is all over the field. And that's what his impact is. He can go anywhere you need him to. He can line up anywhere, and he can match up with most players. Now, speaking of getting all over the field, the other name I saw was Kyle Hamilton. Another, again, just like when I watch Notre Dame, you have so many uh, players that can just kind of, you know, weave in and out in terms of pass defense and rush defense and, and cheat up and, and be able to do all these different things. Talk a little bit about Kyle Hamilton. Maybe if you have a comparison of uh, like what Eagles fans can, you know, maybe there's another player that they can compare him to um, or just talk about what his strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah, Kyle Hamilton, it's very similar to Owusu Koromoa, how he's, he's kind of a tweener. He's a different style player. He's, he's, he's a big, big safety, six foot four, uh, 219. You don't really see a lot of guys playing safety, especially at the college level, um, currently at the college level. Typically, those guys are playing linebacker. They're playing in the box, but they, they are more than willing to use him in a similar type way, but using him over the top to make plays. He's so quick. He can run straight up to the line of scrimmage. He can make plays at the line of scrimmage, which we saw him do against Clemson. If I were to pick a good comp for him, because it's so hard to compare someone because there's not a lot of six foot four safeties, but I would probably compare him to Jeremy Chin of the Carolina Panthers. He was an FCS guy. He's a really, really big safety. Um, He's the nephew of Steve Atwater with the, Mm -hmm. with the Denver Broncos. He's very big. He's athletic. He's fast. He's quick. He fills hard. He fills fast. I think that that's the kind of level of player that Hamilton brings for this defense. All right, Joe, one last question. I'm going to let you go. Uh, you know, everything that we've seen with Notre Dame, especially the way that they've been playing recently, they look like a very fundamentally sound team. I keep saying that over and over again. What are some of the weaknesses that you've seen? Maybe things that BC fans should look at and say, oh, maybe that's something that they've struggled with or something that they haven't done really well uh, over the past couple of games. The, the one weakness, and it might not really work for BC this week, is that they tend to struggle when facing teams with really athletic and explosive uh, receivers or also running backs. So they were able to shut down Travis Etienne, but you saw all of these different fast, speedy receivers able to pick up huge chunk yards. Now, Notre Dame has some really good athletes on their defense, but there's some other guys uh, you know, across their – their unit that just aren't the same level of athlete. So if they give up just a little bit of space to some of these super athletic receivers that they've faced, it leaves things open for not just a 10 yard gain, but like a 15 to 20 yard chunk gain. That's the, that's really the big weakness right now, because you pointed out, this is a pretty fundamentally sound team across the board. All right, Joe, thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, Let's do a little bit of plugs. What do you have? uh, Where can people find you online? Uh, where can they, uh, where can they find your, your stuff? Uh, yeah. So you can catch me on the locked on Irish podcast. If you want to hear what Ryan, uh, Ryan Roberts and I said about Boston college, uh, please go check that episode out. It came out on Thursday, but you can follow me at Joe DeLeon. I don't just tweet about and cover, uh, Notre Dame also cover the NFL draft, New York giants, uh, and also FCS football. So if you're at all interested in any of that stuff, go follow me at Joe DeLeon, spelled D-E-L-E-O-N-E. 
Joe, thanks for coming on and uh, talk to you later. Thanks.